0: Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Alice. And today, I'll be talking about milk! Alright, so you may be thinking like, um, excuse me? Why do you really care about, like, milk? It's just a food? Or I mean, technically a drink. I am, but cheese is food. And I'm technically talking a little bit about cheese. So dairy in general. Yes! So, yes, it is a food or drink. But I would like to argue that food is very important because it's what we use to survive.
1: Ah, so what we like to call a basic need.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And it's pretty important to note that milk is very, very popular, despite how common lactose intolerance is. Which is actually my point here. So, according to NPR, approximately 35% of the global population can digest lactose in adulthood. This means that 65% of the global population is lactose intolerant.
1: Definitely more than I thought.
0: Yeah, because like I always think of lactose intolerant as the minority, but when in fact it's actually the majority, food for thought so it's also very important to note that the majority of people who can digest lactose in adulthood are of european descent
1: the real white privilege
0: (laughs) (laughs) haha milk yeehaw there have been some amount of people who can consume milk in the middle east and in africa but europe is like the main main source of this why is this to explain this a bit I'm going to have to bring us back to biology class.
1: The horror. Ooh, my specialty. Ugh,
0: disgusting. Anyway, so I'm sure everyone has heard about the word evolution. I'm not here to preach about science or anything, because I don't have the energy for that, and I don't care enough.
1: That's for a different episode. Well, sure.
0: I'm not going to do that episode, though. (laughs) I'll not be responsible for it. Anyway, so I'll just give the bare bones. Just to understand why milk would be so important in European countries. So evolution, right? Survival of the fittest? How exactly does that apply to being able to digest milk in adulthood? I'm sure everyone knows that kids inherit traits from both of their parents, because half of the DNA comes from each. But the DNA is like long. You don't even know. It's like way longer than you can even like conceive. Anyway. Because it's so long, while your body is copying DNA to the embryo, mistakes are made. As well as throughout life, whenever your cells replicate, which is, uh, often. Yeah, well, you know, nothing you can do about it. Nope. Some of the mistakes don't do much, some of them aren't good, and some of them are. Uh, the ones that are better tend to help the kids live longer, and or have kids, or more kids. So these traits are the ones that are more likely to be passed on. It's like a little bit more complicated than that, but those are the basics, and Mm -hmm. I don't feel the need to delve more into this. In the context of what we're talking about, that means that something in the ability to consume milk in adulthood was beneficial to the survival of people, especially ones who lived in Europe. And I'd also like to add that it is pretty well known that children can consume milk because, you know as a baby. Yeah. That's <laughs> those very nutrients
1: important. are very important for someone who can't eat, uh, for example, solid
0: food or yeah.
1: <laughs> really obtain those nutrients themselves through any other way.
0: Mhm. Going to adulthood, a lot of scientists believe that milk was very important for the survival of many people in northern Europe even as adults. Which I mean,
1: does make sense because if you think about what northern Europe is like, it's pretty hard to grow some of those crops with the right nutrients there. And it's also much colder and much like farther away from the equator where you have that more sunshine and Mm -hmm. better climate and better conditions for humans to thrive. From
0: what I can tell, they also took a fair amount of their crops from more like closer to the equator. Mm -hmm. So if you bring it up more north, then you don't get nearly as many crops or as successful of crops because exactly. there is just much shorter of a growth season. Mhm. So scientists really aren't sure where or when humans developed the tolerance in adulthood. There's some theories about I think Switzerland. I'm not totally sure. There's there's different kind of theories, but no one is totally sure. But the ability to tolerate milk in adulthood was developed. The thing is Milk is filled with all sorts of nutrients. It's like a veritable superfood. It has protein, micronutrients, calcium, carbohydrates.
1: Which for anyone who doesn't know what those terms mean, good things for the body. <laughs>
0: yes, health. This would have been like really important for the farmers. Even with lactose intolerance, it would have been worth like the stomach ache if you got these nutrients because it helped you like, survive. It was just chock full of just necessary parts of our diet. And there is actually archaeological evidence of yogurt and cheese being made before any adults were able to digest lactose. And that's because yogurt and cheese actually contain less lactose, so it would be easier to digest for these people. Another, like, really important part of milk is that it contains a fair amount of vitamin D, which is the vitamin that you get from the sun. So in Europe, as you may be able to (laughs) figure it out, it's often cloudy and in the winter you get very little sunlight.
1: In the summer, sometimes you get very little sunlight.
0: Yeah, but the winters are like long, long, Mm -hmm. you know? Vitamin D is very important, so being able to get that from something else is very important. So because of all this, you can probably figure out why mammals actually produce milk because their young children do need those nutrients, and it's very easy and good for them. However, most mammals stop producing lactase, which is the enzyme that lets you digest lactose after childhood, And just because it's no longer necessary, and it would take extra energy to produce. Yeah, Um, because now
1: you can go out and get those varieties now that you're not, like, a tiny, helpless
0: child. Yeah, but the thing is, humans started taking milk from other animals. We're actually the only species that takes milk from other animals, but mm-hmm. by doing this, it would be very helpful just to be able to digest lactose because it, it, it does have so many nutrients and in these areas, you just need them, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's switch tracks a little bit. I want to talk about kind of the general inability to drink milk. First one that's definitely the most well-known is lactose intolerance. You probably know what this is. Mm-hmm. It's just the thing that everyone knows is a thing, and it's a pretty common allergy, essentially. It's like an intolerance, which isn't quite an allergy, but doesn't Simantics. matter. So lactose intolerance is basically the inability to process the sugar in milk. And as I mentioned before, it's when you don't produce enough of the enzyme lactase. Often this results in the inability to drink milk without getting a stomach ache and all that stuff, and it just doesn't feel great. So generally, there is less lactose in yogurt and cheese, as I mentioned earlier, but often there is still more than people can comfortably have. Fair enough. And then there's also goat's milk, which in comparison to cow's milk, it tends to have a lot less lactose in it. So people who are mildly lactose intolerant are often recommended to drink goat's milk instead of cow's milk because it does have less lactose, and it
1: still gives you the benefits.
0: Yeah. But if you are just completely avoiding lactose, you should use other substitutes for milk. I recommend almond and oat milk. Another thing is butter. As you may know, it, it is made from milk. You know,
1: butter, cheese, yogurt. Yeah. Kind of, that's in the dairy product umbrella, so.
0: Mm-hmm. But butter does not actually contain noticeable amounts of lactose. Since it's essentially only the fat from the milk.
1: Which is a very different thing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. People who are lactose intolerant, even worse, even if you can't have goat's milk, then you can often have just butter because butter doesn't have Mm -hmm. that much.
1: It's a step further down depending on the lactose.
0: It has trace amounts, essentially. Mm -hmm. However, if you need to avoid lactose entirely, you shouldn't have butter. Yeah,
1: like when you see a package saying this uh, might have been processed in the same factory as
0: nuts, so time to avoid that. Yeah, that kind of thing. So now let's look at the other main intolerance that you can have, casein intolerance. This is the inability to process a major protein in dairy. There are different subtypes of casein, but it appears that the main problem type is type of beta casein, called A1. Casein is the most prevalent protein in cow's milk. 80% of the protein in a cow's milk is casein. On the other hand, 40% of the milk in humans is casein. So a lot of scientists do theorize that our digestive systems aren't prepared to handle so much of this casein. I mean,
1: you're literally doubling your dosage there.
0: Yeah. The thing is, this protein can cause a fair number of issues if one is intolerant to it, such as increased difficulties with asthma and breathing issues, coronary issues that can cause strokes. That
1: doesn't sound good.
0: Not ideal, no. Sleeping difficulties, blood sugar imbalances, stomach pains, inflammation, eczema, behavioral issues, most notably in children, mental fatigue, as well as some others, but these are kind of like some of the main ones I thought to mention.
1: That sounds like a really good list of reasons to avoid milk, should you actually have this allergy.
0: Yeah. So you may be able to tell this one seems quite serious, or at least more serious than lactose intolerance. A stomach ache
1: versus entire behavioral changes in the um, possibility of stroke.
0: Yeah, not ideal. So it kind of baffles me that this isn't a more well-known issue, And I do think that there should be more knowledge Mm -hmm. about it, since according to my mom, who is a medical professional, this is something that the medical community has known for some time. There are many ways to figure out if you do have an intolerance to casein, but the one that's easiest, although it doesn't necessarily give you concrete or completely conclusive results, it's essentially removing dairy for a 30-day period from your diet, and then after the 30 days, you consume some dairy, and you wait, I think, a couple of days to see if you have reactions. So this one obviously does take time, and um, there may be some issues or just, like, some weird things that happen. Mm-hmm. But the other options are medical tests. Which, as someone who had a lot of these as a child, are not fun. And they're also probably, like, expensive. Oh, don't even get started on that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying, like, everyone should stop eating dairy immediately. But if you have some of these symptoms and have had them for a long time, then it might be something to think about. I just find, you know, the prospect of lactose intolerance in adulthood and its development in Europeans a very interesting subject. And I figured I could mention casein for my mom since she suggested it. I love you, Mommy. (laughs) Thank you for listening, folks. And we'll catch you next time.